Listen here, baby. Yeah. I don't mean to scare you, but I, I'm not really ready for a child in my life. But honestly, all we got is each other, and the fact is, I'm the father, and you're the mother of this kid. So let's deal with it. Make no mistakes about it. Let's be real with it. If anybody got a problem, I'ma deal with it. Don't worry, baby, no. And I'm cool with whatever you decide tonight. I promise everything's gonna be alright. Cause I'm always gonna be here for my baby's life. Even if we ain't Welcome, welcome. It's your girl, She. And as usual, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of She's Podcast. Now, I have a very familiar voice on today's episode. I have Mr. Evangelo in the building. What's happening? It's the homie Evangelo. I'm back. And if you guys are following either him or me, uh, he has completed production on his web series, The Montgomery's. Check out Off Book Productions um, um, on YouTube. Uh, I have our theme song on there. Uh, also, starting Sunday, starting Sunday, we will have episode two. It's going to be longer. I know our first episode was shorter than the weekend, and that's okay. Uh, but I, I assure you, episode two is coming at you, and it's going to be bigger and better and longer. <laughs> so... Everybody loves the theme song, though, so I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased by it. I appreciate that. I appreciate all the support I'm getting uh, from my cousins, you know, my family, and just for my followers, too. If you favorite anything that, you know what I'm saying, that I actually put out there, I appreciate that uh, very much. It's greatly appreciated. All right. And just the time for the upcoming holiday, which is Father's Day, um, I didn't really... Um, do an episode for Mother's Day, well, geared towards Mother's Day, for a couple of reasons. I mean, as a mother, I, I live this shit every day, and I feel like it's going to come up, motherhood is going to come up in several other of my episodes, so I didn't really focus on it because I'm a mother myself, but with Father's Day coming up, I feel like it's very important to highlight this because a lot of the times, Father's Day, it's celebrated, but it doesn't get as much shine as Mother's Day, I believe. Um, which is, you know, and and I can honestly say that's not right. Uh, with me being a mother myself, I actually do co-parent with my child's father and he's there. He's very active. My son knows who his father is. They have a great relationship. He goes over there every weekend. And, you know, even though we aren't together, we were able to make that work. And that is definitely something that I respect him for. And I feel like it's important, especially with me, from my point of view of having a son, I think it's important for his father to be there. And I think it's quite, it's not, I will say it's not as popular, but there are plenty of situations where the father doesn't get that chance to be in the son's life. And it could be based on their choice just because they didn't want to deal with that concept, or it could be of conflicts between him and the mother that he wasn't really quite there. So I feel like today's episode, although we are going to, we appreciate our fathers every day, not just on Father's Day, but this discussion is more so about the impact of absent fathers. Coming from my perspective, who I grew up 
I was raised by a single mother. I didn't meet my father until I was actually about 23. And Evander, who was also raised by a single mother, so his perspective from a man, what the impact of being without a father. So with Father's Day coming up, I mean, did you know your father at all or? No, I didn't know my father. Uh, Never met my father. I knew a name. That's it. Uh, That's it. That's pretty much it. That's all I got. Um, When I was younger, um, I found out through a joke that the dad that I thought was my dad wasn't my dad. Um, I had grew up my whole life thinking that he was my dad. And I always wondered why his family treated me so different from my sister. And when I found out, uh, my mom asked me, did I want to go find my dad then? And I was like, nah, of course, I'm 11, you know, 11 years old. And I'm just like, nah, what I need him for now? He ain't been here all this time. And so um, now I'm much more mature, of course, about that situation. And all I know is a name. Yes, I've looked him up on Facebook. Nothing comes up. And I I, I mean, at this point, I'm 34 now. Um, so this point, life has passed me by. <laughs> Um, I feel like I'm better off for him without him. I mean, as bad as that sounds to say, I mean, but I feel like I'm better off with him. You know, I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I, I learned how to do everything by myself. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, just him being there. I mean, I, I get, I get the whole relationship thing. You, you, you want to have a relationship with your father and all this. But I relate to that Fresh Prince episode so well to the end when he said, how come he don't want me? Because that was never me. I was just like, I'm just going to be a man and do what I got to do for myself and for my family and for my future family. So, so that's the way I look at it. Did you have positive male role models in your life? Oh, yeah, existed? definitely, definitely. Um, I was in, in the church pretty much. I grew up in the church and my mom wouldn't let me. Wouldn't let me fall by the wayside like it would happen. <laughs> you was doing every Sunday, for Sunday school, in the mornings, at 11 o'clock service, <laughs> and don't let it be Fifth Sunday where you got the afternoon and the community all day. All day. Just like Steve Harvey said, like every day, Monday, prayer meeting, Tuesday, <laughs> choir rehearsal, <laughs> Wednesday, Bible study, Thursday, usher board meeting, Friday, young kids meeting, Saturday, preachers meeting, Sunday, everybody meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was there. I was clocked in. There wasn't no not going. <laughs> I was in church all the time. So I had positive role models there um, in my life. Like I had youth pastors that kind of related to me. Um, and then even now, I think I look up to um, Bishop Walker. Like Bishop Walker is one of the guys I look up to now. And like I had positive role models. I never... Basically, in so many words, I take the negative of my life. Everything that's happened negatively, I don't hold it in. I use it and turn it into a positive. Like, I can say, for instance, I had a cousin tell me I wouldn't graduate college. And we all know that I'm a college graduate. I had an auntie that told me I wouldn't graduate. (laughs) And I graduated college. I had doctors tell me that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't live past 12. I'm 34 now. I turned that into a positive. And so the whole dad thing was like, okay, we're just going to take this. I'm going to take his last name. So when I blow up as far as like acting and just anything that I want to do as far as my career goes, he's going to come around. And when he come around, I'm going to let him know, yeah, I'm your son, but you get nothing over here, player. 
That's the way I look at it. It ain't even about being bitter. It's just the fact that, you know, when you had the opportunity to actually be there with me, you wouldn't, you know. So and would I you, just So would you ever be willing to meet him if he was to ever try to reach out? Oh, of course. Of course. Like I said, I'm more I'm much more mature than I was at eleven. Eleven, you just don't, you know, you're you're like, man, nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> right. we ain't got nothing to talk about, bro. Like nothing. But now I mean, I, I talk to him because mistakes happen, you know. You you feel like it not not saying I'm a mistake, but you you feel I mean you missed out on somebody to me it's great, you know. I know judging by judging by me, my thing is I don't toot my own horn. I'm not I'm not here to even sound cocky or arrogant, but I know what I offer and I know what I am. So you don't mistakenly become great. And I feel like in a lot of kids in my situation or a lot of people in my situation that grow up, especially dudes, they grow up without, you know, a father, they try to use that to be in the streets or they try to use this to be this and that and turn it into a negative thing. Well, I ain't got a dad. That's why I act like that. That's why I shot him. That's why I did. That's why I killed her. And quite quite naturally, those fatherless relationships, they can lead to bad relationships down the road. So I, I definitely agree. I've actually dated a guy with daddy issues, honestly. Uh, we'll get to mine in a second. But I've dated a guy with daddy issues. You know, his father wasn't really there. He... Um, him and his mother were like his mother and his dad were still married, but they were separated, like living in separate cities. And I it I could tell it affected him when he didn't say it because him and his father didn't have the best relationship as children. It didn't get better until they became adults. And to be honest, I honestly feel indirectly because of that, that is the reason why he has such an emotional disconnect when it comes to women or just dealing with relationships period because he didn't grow up seeing like I guess black love that was that wasn't what he saw so I honestly could see that um playing out into his relationships from the ones I've heard about before me from during me to probably after me I know me personally um me not growing up without my father did affect my relationships with men but I didn't acknowledge it until within the last year. Um, so I didn't meet my father until I was 23. I was eight months pregnant. I had woke up to like a Facebook friend request from somebody. And I was like, I don't know this person. It was like somebody off in California because that's where I'm from. It didn't have a profile picture. We didn't have no mutual friends. I thought it was spam because, you know, Facebook be spamming. So I ignored the I ignored the friend request and I went to sleep. I woke up that next morning and like I remember my baby daddy was there and uh, I had woke up the next morning. And I had got a message and it was from this woman. It was like, hey, I don't uh, I know you don't know me, but I know your father because I'm married to his brother and he's been trying to reach out to you. And here's his number. He wants to talk to you and meet you. And I just knew I was going to go into preterm labor because I was like, what the fuck is this? Because ironically, um, and this is, this is, this is candid conversation, but back in 2004, when I was about 14, I believe me and my grandmother had wrote a letter to him in California. 
He didn't get that letter that we wrote in 04 into 2013. It, it was in his sister's garage in a box of some paperwork or something. And um, when she found the letter and they gave it to him, it was already open. I don't know. I don't know exactly what transpired between those nine years, but he didn't get almost a goddamn decade. He he didn't get the letter until nine years later. So, you know, I know him now. I talk to him every so often. I go out there at least once, try to make it twice a year, but California is not expensive flying from Tennessee. So, you know, I go out there and I get to know him. And it's, it's in essence, it's kind of like learning. It's kind of like getting to know somebody that in essence, I should have known my own life. Like technically I've known my father for as long as I've known my child. And uh, looking back on it, I do feel like it definitely, um, it definitely affected my relationships because I didn't really have any, let me be specific. I, I didn't have any black role models of love. My mother, she dated, but she didn't date anybody seriously. So therefore I didn't meet anybody that she dated. And my aunt, because I didn't move to Tennessee until I was 10. Um, so my aunt that was living in California, she was married, but she was married to a Hispanic man. So that was the male figure that I saw growing up as far as a man that loved a woman or a man that was there taking care of his kids because he was a single parent before he married my aunt. I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I totally get it. Um of course, I grew up in the church, so I say plenty of black love. I just didn't know the ins and outs because people can look happy like they look happy on Instagram and everywhere else now. Um, so I seen plenty of it. Uh, I got a best friend that got married seven years ago, seven or eight years ago, and um, they're still married. They got two kids now. Um, so I seen that example, but as far as my mom goes, I never seen it until now. She just got married last year. Uh, last January, yeah, last, no, not last January, last March. She just got married last March. So I see I see that display. So I got two displays of, of basically black love, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, and it's affected my relationships in the terms of, like, of course, I grew up with just my mom. And so a lot of times I think my emotions get the best of me. Like, I, I think uh, I can I can be emotional. I can be emotional. And I think that's the knock against dudes these days. Like, it, it trips me out because sometimes I hear women say, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this emotional. But then you have these girls that, that have, I want my dude to express himself to them. And then it's like when I, when I actually come along and I'm expressing myself, it's like, wait, wait, hold up, no. <laughs> wait a minute, like, hold up. You're this not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do this. I ask for a teaspoon, you give me a cup. Like, yeah, I'm going to express myself to you how I feel. Like, even, um, even so, even the situation um, now, I guess, uh, <laughs> it's crazy because. I guess in a way, in a sense, it's like, what? You express yourself to like women? Like you actually do this? You're not closed up? I'm like, yeah, I do it. I'm not gonna bottle my my emotions up. Um, I mean, I went to go see a therapist. I saw a therapist. Black mental health matters. Please go see a therapist. It most, matters. Most definitely. And I know, um, I know with me growing up and not knowing my father. 
everything that I everything that I learned about black men, I learned through dating. Because like I said, the only male role model in a sense that I had growing up was my uncle through marriage, which was Hispanic, which of course that's a different culture. It's not yeah. the same. Right. Uh, you know, I moved here. My gr- my grandma was divorced. My mom never got married. My aunt, she was divorced. My uncle was married. He's still married. Um, he's been married since 98, 99, I believe. And I mean, that's, a, that's an example of black love. I don't be around my uncle that often, but that would probably be one of my sources. I have a cousin now. He's married to his wife. That's another example of black love. And probably like any of my friends that I know now are examples of black love. But everything that I learned about men, I learned through dating, which is the worst way a girl can learn about men. You know what's crazy though? I think the the other examples I learned as far as like black love went was the actual TV shows that I watched when I was growing up. So I would watch all the time. I watched Fresh Prince. Like there was the show that that just I guess glued our family together as far as my sister's dad, my mom, my sister, and me. That's what we watch. If we weren't watching basketball, it went on cartoons in the house. <laughs> we, wanted, we didn't watch cartoons like I, I maybe watched cartoons I say 20% of the time I was growing up most of it was basketball and Fresh Prince so a lot of times when I'm trying to like when I'm watching or I was watching romantic movies so a lot of times when I'm watching romantic movies or I, I mean like my favorite movie is Best Man Holiday shout out to my twin you know who you are um, so that so that a lot of people are like, why is that your favorite movie? Why, 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 why? Because I can relate to it so much. I feel like I, I am Jackson. Like that's that's the perfect way that I feel like I would be towards my wife. Um, but yeah, I, as far as my dad goes, I think it, he did a good job of not being there. I just stayed out the way uh, because I became a man without him to me, um, and I've accomplished far more than I thought I would, even at a young age, uh, as far as like, like I was telling someone, um, not even yet, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I was telling them last night that, you know, hey, um, it's crazy. I just, you know, I I was at a young age, like six, I was telling my grandma, you know, that I was going, I was going to major in communications and didn't even know what a major was. I was going around saying it. I was like, hey, I'm a major in communications. What is your minor going to be? I'm like six years old saying this, walking around the house saying it. And when I went to school, like, I didn't even know, you know, TSU had my major here. And it just so happened. My major was communications. I, I always I made a promise to myself that I, was, I wasn't going to let myself down and that I mean, this is just use channel the energy that you get or the anger that you have towards your father into a degree. And that's what I did. And so now, um, as far as this goes, as far as my career goes, my acting career, I'm doing the same thing. All the failed relationships I had, all the the actual negativity that's happened in my life, um, from my father to just everything. I've channeled this into now what I want to turn into a career, whether it's through writing, whether it's through acting, whether it's through this podcast, anything. So. Yeah, my my 
uh, growing up without a father doesn't really have anything to do with my career choice. Um, I went into health, um, doing medical billing and coding, and that was mainly because my aunt in California, she was a health administrator. So I used to always go to work with her and I was always in her office with her while she was handling business. So that was just the the environment that I was used to. So um, I was going to try to do speech pathology, but that major just didn't happen. So I just ended up going into medical billing and coding and then eventually tried to do my bachelor's in health science to try to do administration um, until I got bored with it. But yeah, my my... My life, as far as growing up without my father, it didn't affect me like professionally. It really just affected me emotionally because, like I said, it did play a lot into the man that I chose to date. Um, a lot of times I would, there was a couple of times that I had fell victim to this one particular guy that I used to date. Like, I remember him telling me, Oh, you act like that because you grew up without a father, or you don't really know how to be a woman because you grew up without a father. And at first, that shit used to stink. I was like, what the fuck? And I'm not going to say that he was completely correct, but I will say there was probably some truth to it. And I feel like the only reason why I say that is because of the simple fact that I didn't know what it's like for a healthy interaction with a man to where I didn't feel like I always had to be on guard or that... If any dealings with a man that I had, it was because I had to give them something, whether it was sexually or whatever have you. So it did affect my interactions with men because, like I said, the only the only thing I've learned about men or dealing with men is through my dating choices. And a lot of my dating choices haven't been the best. Um, not to say that every guy I've <laughs> not to say that every guy I've dated was trash, because I have dated a few decent guys. There's been a time or two that I've been the one that was wrong in the relationship. But in my most recent years, the guys that I've seriously dated were complete trash, piece of shit. I couldn't, I couldn't have made any worse of a choice. But at the same time, it was still my choice. It was what I chose to deal with because just for feeling like I actually needed somebody. Like I'm just now finna be 30 and dealing with the exhaustion of trying to learn men and figure men out that I just decided as of right now, I'm not dating anybody because I have to reprogram myself and I have to sit here and I have to set those boundaries so that I don't allow my broken history with men to continue. And, you know, me and my father, like we're, I said, we're in each other's lives now. We talk every now and then. I don't mean this as a shot towards him in any way. Like I don't have any negative towards I don't have any negative negative feelings about him. Like even when the situation came about and I met him and it's like I go out there. So I met him in 2013. This is nice. So about six years I've been going out there, beating him, talking to him, getting to know him. And I don't think a lot of people realize how big of a step that is because he missed the first 23 years of my life. Like he he done missed at this point. Of course, he done missed all my birthdays. He done missed me graduating high school. He missed me graduating college. He damn near 
missed me having a grandson. Well, technically, he did miss the birth of his grandson because he's in California. But other than that, like, (laughs) he's missed damn near everything except for the day I get married, which... Shit, who the fuck knows? That nigga seventy two. I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't fucking know if that's gonna be something. I'm nowhere near that path. But you know what I'm saying? It's just he's missed so much. So for me to actually be open to meeting him and getting to know him is a big step for me personally. But it doesn't rectify. It doesn't. It 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 doesn't rectify anything. So that stuff that I have to fix, because unfortunately it was broken beyond my control. And I remember, and to be honest, I think I asked like what exactly happened. And he was just like, um, he was just like, well, you know, I seen your mom in that club that night and she had that black dress on and I just had to get her. And I was like, that's disgusting, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Damn, he went in detail. Yeah, I hit that. I, I, I did. I, yeah, that was that was that was kind of the story that I got. I was like, oh god. Uh, but um, as far as what happened after, I think he said he had tried to reach out to me, and I think he may have met me when I was like younger, younger. But obviously, I wouldn't have remembered that. And then last he heard, I had moved from California. And he had no way to get in touch with me until just now, because I guess um, in California, the child support system, even though he was paying child support on me, they wouldn't tell him where I was. They just told him they just told him I had moved to Tennessee, but they didn't tell him what city they didn't provide any contact information. He said that's what child support said. And. That may be true. It may not be true. I don't know, because I personally don't deal with child support. And then, of course, California, that's a whole other jurisdiction in Tennessee. And then this was also in the 90s. Completely, complete different jurisdiction. We all know the courts definitely geared towards the mothers, which, you know, depending on that mother, we all know that a bitter baby mama can interfere with the father being in the child's life. It doesn't always fall on the man's negligence. I've known plenty of stories of guys that I know who, I don't know them romantically, but as fathers, I know they love their children to death. I know that they try to be there. I know they try to be providers. I know they try to be the best person that they can be for their child. However, because of some rift between him and the mother, the child can get used as a pawn. Which I don't think, I don't think women, some women who have that mentality, I don't think they fully acknowledge how that fucks up the child. It does. It does. Um, the, uh, the situation as far as like the, the baby mama and the baby daddy drama or whatever it is. Um, somebody actually tweeted something interesting the other day. I think it was Brandy. Um, can't think of her Twitter name right now, but she tweeted something interesting the other day. She said, if you still mean to your baby dad, that means you still care. Or you still want him or something like that. Um, in many of the instances, I've I mean the 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 two two women is is I've I've dated two women, um, as far as they got I won't say any names, but I've dated someone that she wasn't mean to her baby daddy. She just wanted him to step up more and do more. Um, and you know, ain't no fault in that, of course. You know, she wanted him to 
you know, do basic stuff. I won't go into details about that either. But um, it was just a it's a, just a difference between the women, the woman I'm dating now. Um, it's crazy because um, she sent her son away to him, you know, in another city. And like they co-parent well, like he's he's actually, you know, married now. And of course, she's dating me. So he's all the way in another city and enjoying it. He's in camp and he's doing different things. And then you have uh, you have you know the on the flip side where you have the dad that's not doing anything. It's almost like he's just a generic babysitter. Like he just keeps him just so you know he can post you know Instagram pictures and quotes and different things like that, or just taking him. And showing him all the different places that are trampoline park and stuff. Now, he's not really giving him that guidance and that that actual love that he's going to need. You know what I'm saying? Especially being a black man in these days anyway. Um, and so with, in my situation, like, I'm not bitter. Um, I'm not bitter that my dad's not there. Neither am I jealous for anybody who has a, father, a relationship with their father. Like, I applaud that. I commend that. Um, for the fathers out there that are still that are actually making a difference in that child's life and doing different stuff, I'm, I, I, my, my, I salute y'all all the way. Um, as for me, um, the the situation I'm in now, I'm basically a stepfather. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's actually going to be fun for me. I think fatherhood when it actually comes, when God blesses me with a child. I want to look forward to it um, because now I feel like I have the necessary tools and everything that I've, you know, I've learned about life and different things that I've, you know, I've seen and I've accomplished. I can instill those same values and those same, um, those same skills into them. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, stepdaddies are definitely equally um, important because it. When you're dealing with a woman who has a child um, and then they're co-parenting, there has to be those lines of like boundaries and respect. And it, it goes the same way towards, you know, you know, a man dating, like just it, it goes vice versa. But I feel like um, it takes a lot for a man to step up and try to be wanting to take care of a kid that's not his. Like, I know me, um, with me being a single mother, my son has a father, so I'm not looking automatically for, like, my son to have a stepfather, but I take it into consideration of who I'm dating, seriously, because not everybody's going to meet my son, because I feel like that's equally important, because when kids grow up, they look and see who all their child is around, like whether daddy has different women in and out the house, whether mama has different men in and out the house. So I don't plan on anybody that I'm dating anyways, meet my son until it's until it's serious because kids are impressionable. And, you know, my son has his father. So, of course, he has that male role model and you know he has he has characteristics I wouldn't mind him picking up from his father just like there are a few characteristics I might have to fight my child if he picks up if he picks up those characteristics <laughs> like fuck is you doing it's not what I need you to do <laughs> <laughs> just 
just keeping it honest. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if I didn't know the next man that I seriously date, he meets my child, it's like, okay, I don't mind my child picking up those characteristics because fathers are so important. Yeah. And so, uh, one of the first conversations, me and the person I date now, uh, we had was, like, do you see yourself, like, do you see yourself being a stepfather? Like, that was one of the first questions she asked me. And I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and it wasn't too long ago that I showed from all that. I was like, man, I ain't going to date nobody with no kids. You know, I, actually, you know. I actually don't ask men that question. I mean, it's important. I mean, it was just, it was just I mean, it, me and her have, I think we're connected mentally so much that we have these conversations that are just deep and they go off into another realm. Well, it, it, it is important. Um, and this, this may be a flaw on me, but I feel like if you're seriously trying to pursue me, like not just casually date me or like try to put me in this friends with benefit box or just do the fuck whatever. If you're seriously trying to be like, you know, I want to date you. I want to grow with you. I want to see where this goes. You already know that I have a child. So I feel like you should already know that if this does go much further, now like I say you're not gonna meet my child off top. You're not gonna meet my child off top. I don't. I don't have a time frame set. Honestly, like I don't have like oh you have to be in my life like six or six months to a year before you meet my child. I don't have that set. I mean it's ideal. <laughs> I mean it's ideal, That's but ideal. It's, it's it's just more so when I when I feel like when I feel like we're ready. When I feel like, okay, this is something serious. This person is going to be in my life for a while, which is something that's, that I'm going to be able to determine within three to six months anyway, um, that you're going to be my child. But anyway, I feel like if you're saying, yeah, I seriously want to pursue you, I seriously want to date you, blah, 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 then you're fully acknowledging that you know that I have a child. So you're mentally there to where you want to date a woman with a child. Right. Because if you're not there to date a woman with a child, you don't need to be pursuing me any fucking ways. Yeah. At all. And I was like that. I was like that. The girl had kids. I was going the other damn way. I swear to God. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I went the other damn way. I said, oh, she got two kids. There's too many for me. I just go the other damn way. I'm like. If you don't have any kids and you're dating somebody with a child, or really just period, just dating somebody. At this point, if you're willing to be serious with that person, you need to ask them. Are you willing to have more kids? Yeah, I think that I feel, well, I feel yeah. like that's important. Yeah. So, is your approach with dating a single mom and dealing with somebody that has kids? Is it that you want to be for someone else that you didn't have? Is you it? Get me. Is it? Is you it? Get me. You get me. That's exactly what I want to do. Um, is it a form of overcompensating, or is it just because no, you want to break the cycle? I want to break the cycle. That's that's what it is. I want to break the cycle. And I, I actually, when we had this conversation, I was telling her, I don't want to be anything like my dad. So when I was out doing my thing and shunning away from women that had kids, I felt like I was father in so many words, even though it's not my responsibility. In so many words, I felt like I was becoming my father because I was running away from responsibilities that I could have. And then I look at the situation also as like I wasn't totally fatherless when I was growing up because I did have my sister dad. Like I told y'all, I, he was there up until I was 18. It was like 18. He was like, uh, goodbye. But um, like I did have my sister dad. So 
in a way, I kind of feel like it's my it's my turn to actually pay back to society if that's the case, if that's the situation that I'm in. So, um, so it's not overcompensating. It's it's more so me actually being there and being that father figure for somebody. Yeah, I think it's definitely important to break the cycle. And I know back in the 90s, well, really soon when we were younger, there was a very bad stigma as far as Black fathers not being in the home. And I feel like we, as a generation, have grown better with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of guys that I've seen in my generation that are stepping up, that Mm -hmm. some of them even have full custody. Um, You know, it's, it's definitely become more of a movement. It's a silent movement, and it doesn't get as much shine as it should because some people feel like, well, you shouldn't have to give recognition to something that you should be doing, which is true. You shouldn't necessarily have to give that recognition, but I think it should definitely be recognized that a lot of men in our generation are breaking that cycle from when we grew up, when the father just wasn't there. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of our generation for that. Uh, that people, I mean, some some people, um, it's more fathers out there that have full custody and are taking responsibility for that action. Um, I want to, on our plot, one of my homeboys, he does have full custody of his child. Shout out to you, bro. You've you, you been you've been there for your child, you know, even, even when he was little and, you know, I'm seeing him grow up as, you know, somebody, you know, even though he's still a kid, he's, he's pretty smart, bro. And I got to applaud you for that because not too many men out there take full responsibility and take full custody of their child, you know, and you're doing it and you're doing a damn good job of it. So shout out to my homeboy. Shout out to all the men out there, whether you have full custody, joint custody, whatever, the fact that you there and you fought for your rights or the fact that you fought for your time and fought through the bullshit to be there. Um, you know, applauding the mothers that was able to put their personal feelings to the side to let their fathers be there for their kids, because that's equally important. I definitely applaud just the parents out there in general that are adults and owning their responsibility. And I think that is so important. And we thank you, which is why we have Mother's Day, Father's Day, and really just every day, period. Like, we have to break the stigma. We have to break the cycle you know, the stepfathers out there, because I know there's plenty of dudes out there that's dating women that got kids and they don't have any of their own personally. Much appreciation, y'all. I think this pretty much wraps it up today. What we're going to discuss. Black household. It's important. Rebuild a black household. That's what we need to do. Rebuild it. Be there. Take care of these kids. You know, our kids are growing up into something. This generation's coming up quite different. It's not the same. Right. It's iPads now. It ain't, it ain't no water hose outside. It's you, hey, you don't come in my house. You come in again, you're staying in. There ain't no more of that. It starts young. We should be able to repair our children instead of trying to repair these broken adults. Yeah. And it takes two parents. Anyways, once again, this was another episode of She Speaks. Happy Father's Day to all those fathers, upcoming fathers. Old fathers, new fathers, young fathers, unacknowledged fathers, whatever. Much appreciated. Much love. Happy Father's Day. Y'all be blessed.